Hello and welcome to Lancaster Connects, the show about small business and small charity success in Lancaster County. My name is Ben. I am coming to you from our business, Gardner's Mattress and More, right here in beautiful Lancaster County. You can see maybe a little bit of sunshine poking through the windows. It was kind of a, a dreary morning. Maybe we need the rain. I think when you're, you, you've reached the age that I've reached, you have to say, boy, we needed that rain. Um, so, you know, a little bit of rain this morning, but now the, the sun's peeking through. So uh, looking forward to a nice afternoon, uh, maybe a date night dinner with my wife tonight because the kids are out of town. So um, got a lot of great things coming on in this episode. We've got a great guest. Uh, I'll introduce them in about maybe seven or eight minutes or so. Um, this is a show, like I said, about small business and small charity success. The David versus Goliath, if you will, um, battle on Main Street, basically delivering you everything that makes Lancaster so great. Um, I'd love to hear from you during the show. Like uh, producer Chris puts on the screen there, smash the love button, hit that heart button. Also, give us a comment. Um, I see the uh, super fan Takesha uh, already said, uh, hey, what's up? Hey, guys, there she is. Um, if you'd like to get in on the comment action, go ahead and do that. Um, yes, hooray for date nights. <laughs> Thank you, Takesha. Um, we give away prizes on the show. Uh, got a couple of nice little gifts here. Um, hydro flask and a large coffee tumbler uh, outfitted with the less nor more cuddle patented uh, message here. Uh, less nor more cuddle. I'll mention that later on in the show when I do our, our testimonial. It's a product uh, uh, concept that we uh, trademarked uh, this less nor more cuddle name for. And um, it's really the solution. Uh, less nor more cuddle beds are the solution for couples uh, who have trouble sleeping. Um, and, you know, for various reasons, snoring, back pain, restless leg, circulation trouble, whatever. Um, less nor more cuddle beds, uh, you know, help. Uh, be the solution there. So uh, I'll talk about that a little bit later, but to win one of these prizes or a $25 restaurant gift card, all you got to do is put your name in the chat or not put your name in the chat, put something in the chat, say hello. Uh, tell us what you like about the show. Give our guest, our great guest coming up here, uh, a question, ask a question. Uh, any of those actions will enter you into a contest. At the end of the show, we'll spin the prize later. And we'll give away uh, one of these great gifts. All you got to do is come in uh, and tell us you were a winner, and you can uh, get your get your prize redeemed here. Um, you can watch this show uh, various places. Obviously, um, Facebook. Uh, we're on the Lancaster Connects uh, li streaming live on Lancaster Connects Facebook page and the Gardeners Mattress and More Facebook pages. We're also on YouTube. Uh, Lancaster Connects, just search up Lancaster Connects in YouTube and um, also the Gardener's Mattress and More YouTube page. And we're also on LinkedIn and a few other places. Uh, you can catch past episodes if you'd like to. Uh, I think we're on episode 59 or 60 right now. Um, if you want to catch past episodes, a lot of great guests, a lot of great small businesses and small charities in Lancaster County that we've highlighted uh, over the last year and a half, uh, coming up on two years uh, anniversary that we've been doing this show. Um, you can go to LancasterConnects.com slash episodes. Uh, producer Chris has got it on the screen there. Uh, and of course, if you'd like to be a guest, if you're listening and you're a small business or a small charity, or you're a person in the county that's making a difference uh, in the Lancaster community, uh, and you have a story to, story to share, uh, we'd love to share your story. It doesn't cost you anything to be a guest on 
uh, Lancaster Connects. Uh, all we ask is that you fill out a little form, go to LancasterConnects.com slash guest, fill out the uh, entry f- or entry form there and let us know uh, who you are, uh, the business you represent or, or charity you represent and uh, what you'd like to talk about, what's meaningful. Um, and we will have you on the show. Uh, right now we're booked into September, which is great. We've got a lot of great guests coming up. Um, in fact, uh, next week, the guest we were supposed to have on last week, I'll, I'll talk about what happened last week, uh, but uh, they are going to be on uh, next week. So they're going to be on um, the 22nd, I believe. And that's the Pet Pantry of Lancaster County doing some great things for our county uh, pet friends. Um, so great guest there. Um, so uh, last week, if you're a, a super fan or you tuned in, tried to tune in at two o'clock on Monday last week, uh, you know there was no show. Um, <laughs> so this is cool. Uh, Pops here, uh, Jim McClure, that's my father. Um, my kids are watching. I think this is a first. Uh, normally the kids are in school or they're in summer camp or, or something. Um, so my daughter, Amelia, and my son, Julian, uh, they must be watching because they're at my parents' house. I mentioned the kids are not home uh, and there's maybe a date night uh, tonight. Uh, so kids, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, we, we'll go out to eat, eat another time, but this is a mom and dad uh, date night uh, dinner time. But um, kids are watching. So uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for, uh, <laughs> there you go, <laughs> a little bit of confetti. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Uh, love you and miss you. I'll see you uh, tomorrow afternoon um, after you're home. Uh, if you'd like to comment throughout the show, go ahead and, and do that. Uh, go, go ahead and do that. So it's. A, I think that's a, that's a first here. The, the, the kids are watching. Um, you, you, you've watched one time more than, than, than your mother has watched. I think (laughs) that's always a joke anyway. Um, so last week, uh, there was no show. Um, I was ill, um, came down with, uh, uh, I contracted the COVID, um, and, uh, it, it was not fun. It was not fun. I was, uh, in bed for a few days. Um, you know, not, not overly sick or anything like that, but you know, the normal like body aches and, um, you know, a little bit of a fever and, you know, a little bit of a sore throat and it was not fun. It was not, it was not pleasant. I'm feeling much, much better now. And, uh, uh, I'm glad that the people I was around, uh, didn't, didn't get, you know, prior to it, uh, didn't, uh, didn't get sick. So, um, it's not fun. I'm, I'm, I guess, uh, thankful to have gone through it to now know what to expect going forward. But, um, in fact, uh, while I'm talking about it, I'll mention, uh, part of my sleep tip, uh, my, my sleep tip I'll, I'll do now, uh, it related to COVID and related to, uh, of course, sleep when the body tells you, you need to sleep, just sleep. <laughs> so that's all I wanted to do for three days. I had my laptop next to me, you know, stayed in contact with, uh, you know, with the store here and, uh, great team. They, they, uh, they handle things without really my input, but you know, I pay attention to the email and stuff like that. Um, so I did probably did a few days of, of incoherent work early last week and, um, you know, just slept and, and, uh, you know, the body told me to sleep and I slept. So that's the sleep better tip for this week. Um, it's not specifically in the sleep better book. There's a lot of other great helpful sleep tips in here. You can get that at, uh, gardenersmattressandmore.com slash sleep dash better. Uh, you can request a free copy of the Sleep Better book and we'll mail it to you. Uh, but, you know, that is my Sleep Better tip for this week. If the body tells you to sleep, if you're sick or, you know, you, you, your body needs sleep, just 
honor your body and sleep. <laughs> That's what I did. Um, also, I am uh, I am solo. Uh, Jeff is uh, Jeff. Last week uh, started a, an anniversary vacation, uh, much deserved. Happy anniversary to Jeff and Stephanie. Um, uh, 20, 20 years, I think. Twenty years. So, um, congrats to them. Uh, so they were away last week. This week, uh, Jeff, uh, his grandfather passed away uh, over the weekend. So he is on his way up to Canada uh, for some services uh, today and tomorrow uh, uh, for his grandfather. Uh, just wanted to take a moment and uh, say a couple things about Jeff's grandfather. I've never met his grandfather, uh, but I feel like I, I know him uh, based on what uh, Jeff has talked, uh, how Jeff has talked about him, um, just how much Jeff, uh, you know, he meant in Jeff's life. Um, he was a master woodworker. Um, in fact, um, one of his specialties in retirement was making wood bowls out of unique, uh, wood items or like, you know, old logs, you know, cut down, make them flat and turn them into bowls. Um, recently Jeff gave me a bowl that, uh, his grandfather made that uh, I should have brought it in. Um, but it looks, it's really cool. It looks like almost like an elephant. And there's, there's two wood bowls carved into this piece of wood. And, you know, he didn't make any, he didn't do anything to this piece of wood to make it look like an elephant. Obviously he car, you know, he sanded it down and, and carved these, uh, bowls into it, but it's really a, a neat, uh, serving, uh, serving dish. And it just shows the, the craftsmanship and attention to detail that his, that his grandfather had. Um, grandfather was a man of faith. And um, I know meant a lot to Jeff. So um, our thoughts and prayers are with Jeff and um, all the the family up there in Canada. Um, so uh, he'll be he'll be up there for the next handful of days, uh, but we'll be back together uh, next Monday. So uh, without further ado, uh, we will bring on our guest. We've got a great guest today, uh, Mr. James DeBoard from the Schreiber Center for Pediatric Development. Did I get that right? That's correct. All right. Well, James, uh, it's great to have you on. Uh, we'll get into uh, what uh, Schreiber Pediatrics does. But first, um, let's talk about you. Are you a Lancaster native? I am, yes. Born and raised. Okay. All sure. right. And, and what part of Lancaster County were you born and raised? Uh, in the city. I was a city kid. Uh, I was born, my family lived on Pearl Street in the city when I was born in 1968. Oh. And uh, I grew up, um, actually, well, spent my high school years just on the other side of the line in uh, Lancaster Township on South President Avenue. Okay, um, yeah. Proud graduate of McCaskey High School and awesome. then going away to college and graduate school and living in the Philadelphia area for a few yeah. years. I, I've been here most of my life. That's that's awesome. So Pearl Street, that's that's on the west end of Lancaster City, correct? That's right. Absolutely. Yep. yep. I uh for a few years, um, almost twenty years ago, I lived on Third Street uh in Lancaster, which connects, I believe, to Pearl Street. So uh we would walk to the Blue Star, the historic Blue Star, which sure, I, right. Great place. Hasn't been around it hasn't <laughs> been around for a long time. And, it hasn't and been. Yeah, it was it was a great place. Um you know, back in the day, I was in a band in, in college and we, we would like our home that we play at felt like the Blue Star. We play at the Blue Star often. And then when I lived in Lancaster, we could just kind of walk. And I remember walking on Pearl Street down to uh, to uh, Columbia Avenue there, 462 and, and and walk into the Blue Star. So it's kind of a shame that that sort of place doesn't exist anymore. But well, luckily, there's lots of other great places in Lancaster, too, for sure. 
<laughs> That's true. And we, we might we might even talk about one or two later on in the show. Absolutely. I hope. All right. So you're here to talk about Schreiber, uh, I'm sorry, Schreiber Center for Pediatric Development. Uh, tell us what Schreiber Pediatric is. So um, Schreiber is actually um, incredibly unique in that we are the only outpatient provider of pediatric therapy services for children. Um, the true range of pediatrics is birth to age 21 when they age out. So for uh, 20 years of life, in many cases, we see children from the time they're born until, um, obviously, as I said, they age out. They come here for therapy services uh, for uh, a myriad of diagnoses. You know, we see children that are born with congenital disabilities, uh, such as cerebral palsy, spina bifida, Down syndrome, muscular dystrophy, um, very rare disorders. We see many kids who are one of, in some cases, less than 100 children known to have a particular diagnosis worldwide. Oh, wow. We treat 4,000 of those children, really from all across the central Pennsylvania community. We really cover okay. probably last count about 11 different counties that the children come from because these, these services are so rare. So we see those children. Um, and another thing that I always like to emphasize, we also see children who were born as kind of the clinical term is typically developing children. Um, and uh, one day as the result of an accident or uh, a rare infection that came as a result of, you know, started as a, as the flu or um, some other complication. We see children that have been in accidents. Unfortunately, we see children that are victims of uh, child abuse. Um, we treat children who have been victims of gunshot wounds. Oh, wow. Every, everything comes through our doors here. And our responsibility is to help these children become the best people that they can be to live as independent, best life that they possibly can. Right, right. So in that, that specific scenario, after they've um, gone through their uh, treatments to get better than you take over to for the therapy part of it, correct? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that really, for many of the children, it's a lifelong. So a child born with cerebral palsy, um, they may have many surgeries throughout their lifetime and, and they go really, you know, not just here in this region, but all over the country. We have many parents, like any parents, we, you know, all want the best for our children. So we see children who may see doctors in uh, California or Texas or Minnesota um, but they're from here in the central Pennsylvania region and they come back home. So that doctor writes a script for the specific therapy that they want, or they're also in an ongoing, um, you know, therapy basis, as I said, kind of from the time they're born until they age out here. Um, but, uh, yes, we, we see children for a myriad of reasons. And while they're getting their medical care, the surgeries, um, all the other treatments elsewhere from their physicians, uh, and healthcare providers, their therapy services are all done here at Schreiber. Wow. Schreiber has a pretty unique origin story. In fact, I think Schreiber as a, as a, uh, your nonprofit organization, is that? <laughs> yes, I'm made aware of that all too often. We are very much a nonprofit operation. I tell you a little bit about that as well. Okay. Yeah. That would be great. You know, Schreiber, I believe may be the very, the, the oldest, uh, nonprofit organization that we've had as a guest. Oh, great. Well, yeah, it's, it's been around a long time, established by an amazing woman, has an incredible reputation. I tell people all the time, I work with some of the best people you could ever hope to, um, you know, in your life. The therapists here are truly miracle workers. Um, we've been around for 86 years. And in those 86 years, 
literally, you know, you could fill stadiums with the numbers of children whose families were told your child will never walk, never speak, never hold your hand. Um, and they do. And not only did they as a child, but now they're adults who are out in our community as productive members of the community or out in the greater world around us doing amazing things in many cases. That's awesome. It's, it's neat to scroll through the timeline there. And I see a handful of things on there that we will, we will talk about, <laughs> including those little, little, uh, yellow rubber guys there. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about them at the end. Absolutely. Um, so let's, let's talk about some of the services that, um, you provide. So you, 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 you went through a, a, a myriad of, of things. Um, so from like an occupational, uh, therapy standpoint, talk a little bit about the services offered there. So uh, in terms of specifically an occupational therapy, we'll see children, um, again, from with a myriad of diagnoses. So we may see a child who is born with a developmental delay where um, they're not um, starting to crawl. And it may not have been diagnosed at birth. Um, they may have a mild form, again, of whether it's cerebral palsy or, or another particular reason. Um, and um, so the therapist began working oftentimes in the home early on with that child once they're diagnosed, um, or they'll, um, we, off, we also offer child care and preschool. So some of those same children come to those programs uh, here at okay. the center. Our therapists who do early intervention work will see those children um, wherever they may be in the child care program where they're located elsewhere or in a preschool uh, program elsewhere. Um, but, you know, I, I think probably the best way to describe it, getting outside of kind of the clinical uh, world, as I like to say, um, we had, uh, a little girl a few years ago, this was actually, uh, um, featured, um, in a local press story uh, a few years back. She was born, um, she had had suffered a stroke in utero. So she had a stroke before she was mm. born. Oh, wow. And mm. for the first seven years of her life, she had a left arm that basically, again, you know, there's many technical things you can get into, but, um, her left arm hung limp. She couldn't utilize it. Um, and obviously think about anything in life. If you have only one arm, the limitations yep. to do so many things that those of us who have two arms, uh, are able to utilize two arms are able to do that she couldn't. So she came here. Um, and one of our therapists at the time, this now, of course, is being used more widely, but there was mm -hmm. a new type of therapy called constraint mobility therapy where, um, they took her good arm, which in her case was her right arm and they casted it. We do serial casting here. Uh, for various purposes. So they took that right arm out of, you know, operation essentially to force oh, wow. her work with the left arm. So the occupational therapist would see her. It was over the course of a summer for a couple hours, um, four or five days a week. So think about this hmm. year old and how good a therapist has to be to keep that child focused, working with that child. Um, and over the period of summer, after seven years of a left arm hung limp, her favorite activity was to uh, hop in one of the ball pits that we have here at the center. Um, and she could, after all those weeks, lie flat on her back on the floor, reach up and grab a rope strictly with her left arm. Uh, no way. Fell from the floor and dive into that ball pit because she wanted to work towards the goal of achieving that. Um, and now they take the cast off her right arm and both of her arms were perfectly fine. She's able to dress wow. herself, cut her own food, you know, tie her own shoes, reach and hug her mom and dad with both arms. Um, you know, again, it completely transformed her life and and what she'll be able to do for the rest of her life. That's a that's an amazing story. That's I mean, from from Place seven is years full of a lot of amazing stories. I tell it's by far the best work 
people here. Again, the therapists we have awesome. are world class. I just get the the uh, the privilege of telling the stories that they make. There you go. You see, you, since you mentioned your staff, um, what what does your staff look like? How many therapists do you have on on staff? And are you also um, em, do you employ volunteers? That sort of thing. Sure. So um, we have about eighty members of our staff. The vast majority wow. of them are either therapists or educators. Again, okay. spread across um, the the departments I talked about. You know, again earlier, the physical therapy, occupational therapy, which we were just talking about, speech therapy, and also. Uh, behavioral health therapy, which is something we started only two years ago. Um, in addition, because of our preschool and childcare, we also, as I said, employ educators, uh, early intervention specialists uh, who work with the children. Um, so it's a very busy place. Um, the mm-hmm. same, uh, when I got here 10 years ago, we were very short staffed uh, because of financial constraints and sure. the focus that I've you know, really concentrated on over these last 10 years is to change our financial picture um, so that we could hire the staff to reduce. We once had wait lists. When I got here in the fall of 2012, uh, a parent called in and their child was diagnosed with a speech developmental delay. They were told that they were put on a list that at that time was two years long mm. to get the evaluation to start services. That's going to be too late. It was too late, unfortunately, for a lot of children. Um, yep. Worked very diligently to change that by hiring more staff. And you ask about volunteers. This place would not be what it is without volunteers. We we need mm-hmm. volunteers. In fact, for a couple of years during um, you know really the height of COVID, and we were very very um, you know stringent in our policies around COVID because we see so many medically compromised children. Sure, uh, sure has to be yep. absolutely. You would see a four year old here who again kind of referencing what we we're talking about earlier who has cerebral palsy, but now at age four, they've also been diagnosed with leukemia, a neuroblastoma. Mm. Um, and that child who's coming from their care to get their chemo radiation, to come here to go to PT, to keep up the strength of their legs so that they can walk and avoid getting blood clots as a result from the treatments they're receiving for cancer, we we obviously you know had to maintain the most strict of protocol. Yep. So we're, we're easing some of that and we're able to return volunteers uh, here to the building there's many projects on the grounds outside. And of course, as we're going to talk about later, we also have our special events where we, we always yeah. need an army of volunteers to help us as well. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, any, any nonprofit or charitable organization, we, we talk about it all the time. There's always a call for, for, for more arms, <laughs> more, more bodies to help. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and, uh, obviously we've, we can encourage, uh, you know, financial gifts and, and donations. Um, uh, but the reality is not everybody is able to help, uh, maybe in that way. Um, but, uh, everybody's got a little bit of time that they can carve out of their schedule to, to make it a, an impact with, uh, with a, a local nonprofit or charitable organization. Yeah, um, absolutely. so a question, um, what's the difference between occupational therapy and physical therapy? You also do physical therapy there, Schreiber. Yeah, absolutely. So um, physical therapy oftentimes is more concentrated and focused on um, sort of the um, gross motor skills. So the ability to walk and be able okay. to walk with uh, a gait, um, a gait referring to the strides that individuals take. Oftentimes, again, children who have a diagnosis that causes difficulty with walking or who are learning to walk, um, they they concentrate on focusing on that gross motor skill of being able to really take those steps and, you know, proper direction. I think the easiest way to think about occupational therapy, it gets a little more 
um, focused on really the activities of daily life, or we call them activities of daily okay. living. Yeah. Where, um, you know, in this day and age, for a child to be able to go into the classroom, um, if they have the ability through the therapy to be able to utilize their hands to be able to, you know, touch keys uh, yep. on a keyboard for a laptop, or even obviously be able to direct their finger um, if, you know, they're using an iPad. Um, so there's more concentration on some of the specific skills within OT. Um, there's also some other things. So while the muscle strengthening is a big part of the PT work, OT also gets into some areas like sensory. We see a lot of children on the autism spectrum okay. have um, sensory processing disorder. So for example, you know, the, the child who is mildly or even an adult is mildly bothered by a tag in a new shirt or, or a sweatshirt or sweater. Um, right. We have children who can't stand the feel of clothing on their skin. Sure. So sure. imagine right. the difficulty for that parent to be able to, again, get that child up in the morning, get them dressed and be able to put them in an environment to go to school or even play with their friends if the difficulty isn't just being able to put clothes on them um, yeah. or, or the shape or the color of a food that they might see where an OTO work in partnership with a speech pathologists to overcome issues that have nothing to do with smell or taste. It's strictly, I don't like how that food looks. Um, right. and, and again, historically, things that some people might have thought, well, that child is just, you know, uh, misbehaving, as someone might have said. Sure. But there are children whose brains are wired in a way that triangles, if a food is shaped as triangle, if the food is, you know, yellow or, or a color that they just, their brain can't handle the therapists have to work with them to be able to overcome. And that a lot of that is done in occupation. Right. Right. So one that I thought was interesting is speech language therapy. You know, I know a lot of times speech um, and and challenges related to speech are handled within a school, school yeah. environment. You know, they, they have, um, you know, great speech therapists that work at school, sure. but um, it, it's a big part of the service you offer at Triber as well. Right. Oh, it's huge because what people should, should understand. So, so here is why, <laughs> We're, we're such a rarity, right? So, so we're a true unicorn amongst healthcare providers. Mm. Um, the thought for a lot of these services is that they're provided in the schools. The problem is, however, in reality, and you can ask any parent who has a child who often is waiting to get services in schools, um, uh -oh. you know, like they interact with therapists, speech pathologists, as you just mentioned, from a school district. And you'll have speech pathologists who have 125 kids on their caseload. Now, mm. in the course of a normal school day, in the course of any one week, how many times do you think a child, an individual child is being seen if a right. speech pathologist has 125 children on their caseload? So Schreiber is here as the only other entity that many parents can turn to when they feel like my child isn't getting enough in terms of the service or the services in school alone aren't anywhere near enough for what I want my child to be able to do and accomplish, you know, beyond some rude yeah. We, we have a parent who often tells the story um, at some of our events that when his child was diagnosed with CP, you know, the therapists, and again, all the therapists in the school systems are working so hard and they're wonderful people doing wonderful work, but they're also limited, again, in the time that they have the children to interact with. Right. Uh, and this parent tells the story how when they met with the therapist in school, they said, well, we're going to be able to work with your, your child so that he'll be able to hold a tray in the cafeteria and put food on it, and if needed, be able to go up or down a flight of steps. And as this gentleman and his wife, who actually is a school teacher herself, said in response, 
and, and meaning, you know, that's some kind of 19th century sort of mindset of a, a very rudimentary, basic, um, you know, way to adapt, to live in society. Obviously, the world we live in now is well beyond that. And by the way, this is, you know, talking about, we see kids here who their minds are perfectly fine. There's often a misconception that children, right. because they have a diagnosis, somehow there's a cognitive aspect in every case. Absolutely not. We see kids who are brilliant, who test off the charts academically, but their physical diagnosis is what mm. is preventing them from living a more full life. And we want to get those kids out into the world to be, you know, the engineers, the scientists, you know, yep. the IT uh, experts of tomorrow. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, kind of on the school subject, uh, I know you have childcare services and a preschool there as well. Yes, absolutely. We do. Um, and our programs, by the way, too, another as I get the opportunity to tell more about Schreiber, um, our inclusional reverse mainstream people have different, um, you know, um, uh, terms that they use, but uh, not every child that comes to us for either preschool or daycare has a diagnosis. There are scores of typically developing. <clears throat> In fact, many of the, um, for example, the IU, the intermediate unit, you know, they refer many uh, children to us for mm. our program because they want those children to see after, you know, family, the number one determinant oftentimes on outcome in anything for a child in terms of their developmental uh, stages is peer group. So, you mm-hmm. know, they want the children to see typically developing kids and how they move or their ability to walk with the gait that they um, can mimic or their hand movements or whatever the tasks right. are. So, uh, yeah, so Schreiber's open to any parent um, who is looking for quality uh, child care, um, who's looking for quality, um, you know, uh, uh, preschool, uh, we provide all of those services here at Shriver. That's awesome. Uh, how big is your your child care or, you know, preschool? How many kids uh, take advantage of that service? Yeah. So each of the rooms, um, generally, it's, it's based on ratio by age. So we start mm-hmm. children here for child care as early as six weeks, which is the earliest that the state allows um, a center officially a, a license. We are a Keystone Stars for centers, the highest rating the state gives to a child care mm. program. Um, mm-hmm. so it can vary. So, you know, some cases it's between kind of 18, 20 children is kind of ideal in the classroom. Um, again, based on staffing ratio and the requirements. Um, our preschool classes, again, you know, very busy. We have morning, afternoon, uh, preschool, and we have Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Tuesday, Thursday programs. And uh, they're all full. And usually all the programs have waiting lists, but I encourage anyone who's interested, if you know you're expecting or making plans to be expecting, if you want your child to be here at Schreiber, um, you know, please reach out. Uh, I know you're putting our contact information up there and you can find more information uh, on the website for sure as well, or just by calling Schreiber. Yeah. So one thing we were remiss in talking about or, or, or mentioning is where, where is Schreiber? So you, you mentioned that you, we, we cover uh, a wide area, but you right. have one facility here really in the center of Lancaster. Tell us where you, where your building is. We do. So, uh, we are located in East Hemfield Township, really just across the Conestoga River from Lancaster Township and Lancaster City, not too far away, of course. Um, at the intersection for those that are familiar with the area of Marietta Avenue and Good Drive. Uh, just yep. beyond that, um, you'll see uh, a large building and we have a great big, you know, colorful uh, mural with children on, on the yeah, side of yep. the building. If you go up and down Good Drive that people may have seen. And this time of year, we also have additional building nearby that we are 
uh, leasing because we oh. are, you know, busting at the seams here at the center right yeah. now. Um, I mentioned earlier about the need for more therapists to reduce the wait list. So we've hired those therapists. We've run out of rooms. So we've had the lease, unfortunately, very expensive nearby space, um, but it was necessary. And out in front of that building, you also will catch your attention this time of year. There's a giant inflatable duck sitting on the lawn uh, of the nearby building, but that's located again also just across the street here off a good drive. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that duck. Yeah. <laughs> it, it plays a pretty big role in keeping this place going for sure. Yep. So wrapping up on some of the, uh, some of the services and programs you offer, I know you have, uh, some camps, probably, uh, summer camps and, uh, also offer, um, some other family support, um, like a respite program. Is that correct? Right. Absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the things that I love about Schreiber amongst many is that families, when they come here, they often, you know, basically they fall in love with this place with the therapist treating their children. Um, and they want to stay connected. And again, while medically we are a, a pediatric only facility and those children age out at 21, a lot of our rec programs give the opportunity for, um, the children who are now young adults, um, as they age, uh, to continue to be involved with Shriver. So we do, we run oh, well. summer camps. Um, and those camps, you know, we break them down during the summer by age groups. Um, so we'll have, you know, seven, nine year old children. We have teens and then we'll have again, um, you know, years ago we had a program and I got here and um, it was kind of a teen focused name. And then more and more we're recognizing that there were young people who had come to Schreiber, um, you know, again, for their entire life to that point who mm-hmm. turned 21 and were now 25, 30, 32, and they wanted to be included. They wanted to be able to do the things that the camp uh, programs do and Take yep. them to uh, Dutch Wonderland for the day, go to a, a uh, you know, baseball game, um, do arts and crafts, talent shows, play basketball. So, um, so we provide those programs. And then the respite program is also uh, a wonderful program where the families, you know, once a month usually is what we're able mm. to provide, um, because of obviously financial resources being sure. really the limit there. Um, we have a program where families can drop their children off on a Friday evening. Um, usually we start, um, around five 30 or six o'clock and it runs till, um, nine o'clock and mm-hmm. many parents who have that child who again has, you know, a, a more severe diagnosis in particular, um, right. and they have medical complications related to the diagnosis. Um, we have a nurse here on staff who stays during the period of time while the respiratory program right. is working. They can come here and again, their children, we have, you know, we, we, they watch a movie. They, you know, usually kind of are involved with a hands on, uh, fun food snack item where we do a Sunday bar, um, that the staff and volunteers, you know, uh, help with the kids, which is always a great mess. The kids love, uh, sure. is a wonderful thing. Um, but what's really neat about that too is that the service is really intended for the children to enjoy. But I can't tell you how many parents come to us and they'll hug a staff member. Or they'll write a note to me or, or, you know, that even say something right. about this is the first time they've been out in 10 years. Um, yeah. and, and in terms of enjoying an evening, um, because so often again, their focus has to be on their child and, and, uh, you know, the responsibilities they maintain there. Um, and oftentimes yep. if they're limited in their ability to get nursing care or other support, um, because those programs are limited, the, the government provides a lot of great programs. Well, like everything else, there are limited resources and parents sure. struggle to find aids and assistance that can stay with children so that they can, you know, um, do the things they need to do in their lives. And 
Schreiber steps in to help do that. That's awesome. You know, there, there's obviously, um, you know, for parents, there's there's a struggle just to find the right care and the right facility and get, you know, right. get the help that their child needs. But then that there's just, a, I can imagine a, an overwhelming physical and, and mental, emotional toll taken, uh, you know, on that parent. And to be able to, uh, you know, take advantage of that respite service, I'm sure is, like you said, it's it's kind of right. a godsend for them. Right. Oh, it is. I, I can tell you, um, another parent years ago, she she read a poem one time in an event that we were having to describe about what it meant to be the parent of a child who has special needs. Yeah, well, uh, and it really focused on the parents who have children that are born with congenital disabilities. And the, basically, the gist of the poem was that if your life or, you know, much of your life you had spent packing and preparing to take your first trip um, to go to Italy. And when you landed and stepped off the plane, you found out, I think the title of the poem, if I recall, was something was Holland. And you landed in Holland. Everything that you thought was going to be is mm -hmm. now completely different than what you were expecting. And yep. nothing different in the love that you have for that child, but in terms yep. of the, the expectations or how you thought things imagined things might go oftentimes are different. So Schreiber is, again, not only here to help the children, but yep. you know we're here to serve those thousands of families who depend on us to help their children, to make their collective lives the best that they can be and help them to live out their collective dreams, really. Yep. So uh, that's fantastic. What, it, what, it, what is the process for a parent um, who's in need of, of the services at Schreiber uh, what is the process to become a patient at Schreiber? Is it is it all referrals from you know family doctors and schools and and whatnot, or how does that work? That's pretty much right. You hit the nail on the head. So a doctor will either again, if a child's born with congenital disability and it's diagnosed at birth, they'll the family just like you would for anything else um, in terms of a healthcare need. Um, the doctor writes a script, and that script comes to Schreiber, um, okay. and the therapist will conduct <laughs> initial evaluation of the child. To determine, you know, how often they think the child needs to come, they'll look and set uh, a goal plan for what they're looking to achieve um, for that child. Um, and again, those are coming either from physicians or, obviously, as you just mentioned, uh, oftentimes whether, for example, hearing and speech audiologists, uh, speech pathologists, periodically who go into preschool programs, childcare programs, and assess children, um, because you know, particularly with speech, where that isn't going to be diagnosed at birth because obviously a child's right. not speaking when they're born. Um, right. But as they begin to, oftentimes too, um, a parent may not even notice certain things that again, a trained professional is going to, and then there'll be the referral to uh, Cup Schreiber uh, based on that. But again, the, the vast majority far and away of the referrals come to us directly from physicians. And then the the services, um, how are they paid for by, by the parents? Is, um, do you work with insurances? Um, are there programs that might be fully covered or funded for for parents? How, to talk about that a little bit. So there are. So oftentimes, for all of the um, you know derision or or you know unfortunately sometimes out there that people speak about uh, when they think about government government programs, I want to say sure. that the program that covers children with disabilities is a wonderful program for the families in that um, it is designed. The care that most of these children need throughout their lifetime would be catastrophic for most families in the sense of... Absolutely. 
Um, you know, if you know anyone who goes through a major medical event in their life and the, and the catastrophic costs that are tied to that. So imagine having that throughout the course of your life and particularly in your early life, you know, um, in our case. So the government says they cover it. Um, it's not means tested. This is where the big thing about why we always are out asking for support. Um, because it's not means tested. And, you know, the reality is nobody wants to get into parsing where that line is. So. That child born with CP who's on the autism spectrum has sensory processing disorder. And now, as I mentioned earlier, at age four has cancer. Are you going to say to the family, because you make a six figure salary at X, you know, 150,000th right. year, that family also could be bankrupted by the constant cost yeah, absolutely. of requirements and care for that child. So thankfully, again, the government steps in, covers the cost. Unfortunately, this is where the difficulty comes for us and why we are that, that unicorn, um, you know, in, in our world. It is paid for by Medicaid, reimbursed to the provider by Medicaid. Okay. And the government sets up what's called a Medicaid fee schedule where every service that a family, oftentimes people hear Medicaid and they think of people who are in poverty. Uh, mm -hmm. Medicaid also covers the programs. Pennsylvania, like I believe 35 other states, uses Medicaid to cover children with disabilities. Um, the problem is the providers, we lose $70 for every hour of service we provide. Mm, wow. Operating not as a typical large health system uh, nonprofit. People hear nonprofits and they're often... Rightfully so, you know, uh, incredulous about what that means for mm -hmm. a healthcare system or hospital. We're a true nonprofit who every time that child comes in our service, we are losing $70. Well, wow. and, you know, without the events again that we're going to get into and talk about and charitable support and, and online giving that comes to Schreiber, we wouldn't be here. And it's why we're the only entity because no other healthcare system in this region provides dedicated outpatient pediatric therapy. They'll help and provide therapy for children who stay in the hospital, that child that has surgeries, and maybe they're in the hospital for a week or two weeks. They begin getting therapy while they're at the hospital. That child's discharged. They're no longer seen, in most cases, by that facility. They come here to Shriver. Um, and while we do see some families that have limited private insurance, so let's say the family has a really good Cadillac plan, uh, and just like any of us, we injure our back or our leg and we go to a physical therapist. We're entitled to so many visits in a year, right? Well, unfortunately, what happens with that child who has multiple diagnoses? They come, you know, one every week, maybe two or three, four times a week. And for more than one therapy, sometimes it's, you know, two, three, four therapies. They have exhausted their private insurance by the end of January. It's only kind yeah. of, oh man. Now for the next 11 months of the year, they roll over to be covered by Medicaid. So yes, yeah. you know, we like if a family has that, but I will tell you, sadly, it's, 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 in my opinion, um, it's, it's less than, oh gosh, I don't want to say, but, uh, let's just say it's, it's hard to stomach the fact that what we see more often, the insurance companies will say they'll see a child's diagnosis and they'll say, look at this child. This child is going to need these services long term deny their upfront private insurance at all. Don't use the private insurance, deny it, because then they'll immediately roll over onto Medicaid. Uh, and then at that point, Medicaid only is paying for them, uh, gotcha. which hurts us more so because if, yeah. if it was 25 private visits, 
we would have gotten a private insurance rate during that period right. of time, which is a little, it's, it's literally a drop in a bucket for us, but it's something. But when they deny it and they go straight to Medicaid, it's, it's, uh, it just continues that cycle of huge losses for us. Yeah. So that, so yeah, that, that's really tough. Um, and obviously you want to offer your services to as many children as, as needed as possible and, and not right. have that wait list and, and all of that. Um, so how do you make up that? that difference and and how does the community help you with that right so um well and you hit the nail on the head earlier as well when you said um volunteers are always needed here i will tell you Mm -hmm. that um time is as valuable as treasure as far as we're concerned here at schreiber in that when we have people helping us who come and do everything from the exterior grounds work uh in a volunteer capacity less less money we have to pay to do things to keep you know the facility Uh, nice or who help us um, uh, with, you know, painting in the facility um, or whatever might be done. Um, but the biggest thing that we have to do uh, all the time is raise money. Um, you know, I mm. mentioned I got here 10 years ago. Um, <coughs> financials were were very difficult and it wouldn't have mattered who was here in terms of, you know, again, the therapists were doing their wonderful work, yeah. but Medicaid reimbursements weren't getting any better. So my plan was to really kind of moved Schreiber to a level where we were focusing on much larger major gift programs um, and getting a lot of major donors um, to start supporting Schreiber through foundations, individuals. Yep. But the other way, we also make money. And this is how we pay for all of our operating programs here. So pay the therapist, pay to keep the lights on and the air conditioning and the heat and all the things we need to do through our special events that we run during the course of the year. And we really need the community to help us with those special events. So what what are some of these events? So there's a big uh, one. <laughs> yeah. So I'll get to the, the big one, uh, I guess, kind of for last. So so we really, one of the things uh, when I got here to Schreiber as well, we used to do a whole lot of special events. Um, at one point, we were doing more than one a month in some oh, cases. Wow. And yep. it was really burning out the staff. Uh, it was burning mm-hmm. out volunteers. Um, they were going back to the same wells in many cases for sponsorship mm-hmm. support from yep. area businesses. And I said, you know, I'm going to focus my energy on the fundraising side on major gifts to try to find more, uh, you know, uh, six figure gifts, hundred thousand dollars, quarter million dollar gifts from foundation mm-hmm. to ease some of that burden so that we could curtail the number of special events and really make a group that we kept. Um, a group that really generated, you know, substantial revenue. So in the course of the calendar year, our uh, big events are our gala. Um, you know, that's a fun event for people that like to get uh, dressed up and come out. And again, probably like a lot of galas people are familiar with for uh, nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have the, the uh, auctions and, uh, and, and all of that, which is fun. Uh, we also have a big softball tournament every spring for people that are oh, softball cool. players uh, that have yep. teams. We're always looking for more teams. What's great about that, that's always something that can be expanded. If we exceed the capacity of the fields where we're playing, we just add more fields um, in other locations for teams to play. So um, that's every spring. Usually it's the first weekend in June. Um, people can, as I see, they're showing, find more information about that on our website. Um, that's cool. Yeah, so, so, so we do that. Um, and, you know, probably though, uh, amongst all of our events, um, you know, the one that really sticks out uh, in people's minds is the one that's taking place right now, which is our rubber ducky race. Okay. Uh, and I say taking place right now, meaning that we sell tickets. We have, um, 
you know, really 25,000 ducks that are available uh, to be purchased. Um, and, and the way that works is people buy tickets and they're able to go online. You can go again to our site. Um, and, and I see again, they're showing that. Thank you so much yeah. for that page. Um, and people can go online and purchase their tickets. And what that does, obviously, first and foremost, by buying those tickets, they're helping Schreiber. Um, mm-hmm. But you're issued a set of tickets with numbers. If you do it online, you're welcome to buy them in person here at the center, um, either at our front desk, our financial development department. They also set up spots. They'll have listed online where they're going to be throughout the county here in Lancaster County, at least, um, to sell periodically from July 1st. Uh, up until the weekend of the actual ducky race, uh, which this year is Sunday, September 11th. Um, yep. What it is, if you've never seen it, you can actually Google it uh, or, or just look it up on YouTube. Um, there's lots of videos over the years, including aerial drone footage of the duck race. And on that day, every ticket that sold a corresponding rubber duck, it's all you know organized by a group of staff and volunteers who are meticulous. A duck with the matching number to that ticket gets dropped into the Conestoga out of a humongous box with about the size of a small house, um, float down the river. And we have scores of volunteers in the river who are waiting to catch them at the end um, because that's a major job to pick all those ducks I'm up sure. and then put them back into barrels. And later they're resorted. It's, it's an unbelievably uh, a huge uh, labor-intensive event for a lot of staff and volunteers. Um, but anyway, the winner has a chance to uh, win ten thousand dollars. Wow! And then okay. A series of other really neat uh, prizes: five hundred dollar multiple five hundred dollar gift cards yep. out to places. But I'll be honest: a lot of times people will come in and say, "Here," or they see we're selling ducks, and they'll simply say, "Here's money for Shriver. I don't need to win anything. Let somebody yep. else buy the tickets," and yep. they'll just give donations to uh, the staff or the volunteers who are selling. Um, but it's it's a cool thing to be a part of. And uh, do people come and watch watch the 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 duck? What do you call it? Duck? Uh, yeah, the duck race. The, yeah, the race. rubber duck race. Yes, absolutely. When they drop out of that box again, um, and you'll see this if you look the video up on YouTube, you'll yeah. see people along the banks of the Conestoga River. Um, okay, do it at Lancaster County Central Park off the yep. bridge. Um, okay, yeah, main entrance bridge um, is where the, a crane hoists the box up, and then our ambassador children, who are the kids whose families allow us to share their stories. With the public, usually one of them or all of them for there will count down and the box opens and this unbelievable sea of yellow hits the yep. river and it's just it's 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 cool to watch. And and how far do they race? Uh it's about a quarter of a mile. It's it's okay. not a very long distance, but yep. what's neat is it's long enough that a lot of people love to see them dropped and then they'll race to the end to watch the spectacle. Okay. <laughs> and and how is it? How long does it take a duck to go that quarter of a mile? It depends on okay. uh, that's all. You know, it's funny. I tell everybody I'm gonna, and uh, I wear a few different hats here at Schreiber. That time of year, I'm very uh, interested in uh, meteorology because uh, what we yeah, hope sure. for is that the river is just at a a pleasant flowing level at that point. Yep. yep. Had years, unfortunately, when we couldn't do the ducky race, where we had to draw. The no. tickets out of a bin. We just take the ticket stubs, uh, throw them in bins like you would in any raffle, and you know, spin them around, and then we let the ambassadors, you know, pick out the winners. Uh, yeah. But the race can't happen if the river's too low. So when we have droughts happening, yep. there's not enough water flowing in the Conestoga, unfortunately, for the ducks to race. Um, and we've also, sadly, have had years where we've had tropical storms come through right before the race. 
Yep. And the river is, you know, the yep. rangers that are in charge of the park make the determination whether or not the ducks can be dropped. And they'll say, absolutely, no one's getting in that river. The river is, you know, on a oh, day it when it's up to your, yeah, there you go. So on a day when it's up to your knees, there'll be time C, as so you can oh, see. God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so cool. And there and, they go. Uh, there they go. And so, yeah, when the river, that's probably a, a typical year there where there's a nice yep. flow. Um, and it's a matter of a few minutes till the time <laughs> where they, uh, where they, uh, they make it to the finish line. That's awesome. And that's, that's roughly 25,000 ducks. It is. So we, we technically have 20,000 yellow ducks and then we have an additional 5,000 ducks. And we've okay. been doing different things in different years. Some years we've done where we've sold a higher ticket price for those ducks are blue. Um, okay. um our focus oh. is to sell all 20,000 of the yellow ducks. Yep. Um, it, for the race, because again, the way we make money uh, is through sponsorships of the event. There's a huge yep. turnout because we also have a festival. If I didn't make that clear, the day of the race, if I didn't mention that, the okay. day of the race from two to five o'clock, there is a festival there at Lancaster County Central Park for Schreiber. Yep. So we have pony rides and there's all kinds of food trucks and there's a, cool. uh, a little kind of, you know, uh, fun kid sized midway with all kinds of games and a lot of our. Uh, supporting businesses will come out with their staff for the yep. afternoon and set up and run the games or service clubs that support us um, will uh, do that. And so it's a fun place to come for the entire family. The kids have things to do. The parents, there's you know plenty of food to eat. Um, and then at five o'clock, that's when we drop. Um, so that's another way. The, the spectacle of seeing the ducks in itself is an event. Yep. But the people in many cases are there because they've come for the festival and stay to watch yeah. the race. That's awesome. I mean, I've, I've, I've never been to the race, but I've always heard about the rubber. We've got to get racing. you there. You should come join us this year. We, it's going to be a great said, time to be back outside and enjoy everything. Is that, is that a Saturday? I think you said at the 11th, right? It's, it's a Sunday. It's, it's always, a Sunday. Okay. It's always now the second Sunday. It used to be in July years ago. <laughs> okay. And Actually, the event got so big that the Lancaster County Commissioners, um, who are very supportive uh, of Schreiber yep. over the years, in my 10 years, uh, would, had come to me and said, look, you know, Schreiber, we, we don't charge you to use the park, and we're glad yep. to do that. Um, but in the middle of summer, it's so busy in the park that the crowds yep. you're drawing for this event have gotten so big. Is there any yep. chance you could move it to after Labor Day? And it was really fortuitous in that I had had a number of people when I got here of all the issues and challenges. Several people had said to me, I never understood why an organization serving children, many of whom were medically fragile, wanted to do an event at the height of summer. In the middle of summer. <laughs> it would be 95 yeah. or 100 degrees outside uh, in the middle of the day. And I said, you know what? Yeah, I think we'll, we'll start getting a little nicer towards that middle of September where we're heading that second Sunday. So that's, that's the date we now use every year. Awesome. Well, I wish you a lot of luck with it. Um, Thank you. Sunday the 11th, um, 2 to 5 o'clock, ducky drop at 5 o'clock. Um, and, and there's still more ducks to be sold, right? Like we could Absolutely. go online. and There are lots think, of ducks to be sold. I think we actually got started a little behind the, the, uh, the curve this year based on we were coming out of COVID like a lot of organizations. And I think a lot of our volunteers and supporters and people were kind of wondering, What's happening, and so the, I have to give you know huge shout out to our financial yep. development staff for really stepping up um, and and going headlong into it um, to to work to get the sales going, connecting with our volunteers, connecting with locations, supportive businesses all over the county um, yep. who allow us to come set up um, 
uh, at their facilities, either out front or in their, you know, lunchrooms for large facilities, factories, um, other employers and, uh, and sell ducks. So really they've done a great job. I can't thank our volunteers who helped sell the ducks enough. Um, and all the places again who allow us to come there and sell. We really appreciate it. But, but people can go on the website and buy them online anytime, um, they want. That's great. So uh, Jeff and I, we're going to be making some sort of donation to Schreiber, whether that's uh, a purchase of ducks or some other sponsorship. I'll go on there and uh, and and pick an opportunity there. But we we definitely would love to support uh, beyond having you uh, as a guest on the show. Um, We're we're almost at the top of the hour. I don't want to take up much more of your time, but. we do have the connection cocktail. If you have a few more minutes for a few more oh, questions, yeah, we'd be glad. Thank you. All right, all right. There's our there's our little connection cocktail graphic. And you, if you hear <laughs> some music good. in the background, we're we're testing some some connection cocktail music. So, um, <laughs> great. All right. So, uh, Lancaster native. Uh, yeah. What is your favorite thing to do on Lancaster? We got anywhere I get to go with my wife and our three children sure. is my favorite thing to do on Lancaster. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, and, and we mentioned, uh, restaurants and, and this wasn't one of my questions that I highlighted here, but do you have a favorite restaurant so, to go to with your family? Yeah. So probably again, a little selfish in terms of my focus in the sense no, that no why it's my favorite. It's not just because it's a great place. It is a great place, yeah. but, um, Judy Ross, who is the owner of Lexter Dispensing Company is an incredible okay. order of Schreiber and all of our events. And if I have a oh, choice yeah. to go anywhere, I always go to Dipco because. Uh, of That's the awesome. fondness I have for Judy and all the support she's provided for Schreiber for a lot of years. We, you know what I mentioned at the top of the show that uh, my wife and I are doing a date night. It's yes. been it's been years since I've been to the Dipco. In fact, I know they they went through a fire and a renovation, yes. and and they've been back for a handful of years now. Um, I have not seen the 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 new inside, so you need to go. I, I might <laughs> you might have convinced me there. Good choice, absolutely. <laughs> All right, and th- this can also be be self serving. Do you have a favorite event, an annual event that you go to in Lancaster? Sure. Well, I mean, again, it would probably be the Ducky Race because I have to be honest and tell you, there are people. If I don't see them at any other point in the year, they make a point of coming up to me and, yep. and saying hi. And we have kind of our super fans who turn out for the event. So this yep. this Ducky Race started in 1988. So obviously. Oh, wow. And I have people that come up to me, by the way, that I didn't know before I started here who want to show me that they have souvenir ducks, which if people would like to have them as part of the, when they buy tickets, they're entitled to so many souvenir ducks. They want to show them to me and all the different themes over 34 different years. It will be this year. So that's always fun as well. That's cool. So like there's people that have original 1988 Ducks. It's huge, yeah. <laughs> they they awesome. treat them like gold. It, it's which we love. That's great that they yeah. have such fondness for the event, which is really a fondness for Schreiber, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. That that's awesome. Uh, so, last question: um, You have family or friends that you're bringing from out of town into into Lancaster County? Show about Lancaster County. What part of Lancaster do you like to impart on your friends and family? What do you like to highlight or talk about or show or sure. what makes Lancaster special? Well, the whole well, I could tell you personally from experience in my time here, I tell people the two best parts of Schreiber are the children, whoever come the most dire of diagnosis. The yep. second best part is what it brings out in people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in the middle of the capital campaign here, and I've had people come to me who I know in their lifetimes, they have made gifts which are likely 
their entire life savings, basically, wow. that wow. they set aside that they want to donate to Schreiber. So that, seeing that, the generosity of this community demonstrating mm-hmm. time and time mm-hmm. incredible. And that's in every part of the county for sure. Um, but I did just have a very good friend visit from Boston and I took him into Lancaster City um, because, you know, it's always fun to show off market. I tried yep. to him, of course, you talk about Quincy Market in Boston, that really Quincy Market's a bunch of commercials. You can go into Quincy Market and get, you know, Starbucks now. It's not really no. a farmer's market the no. way, you know, Lancaster County Central Market is. Um, I took him to the Moose Museum because he's a big yep. art aficionado. Um, and collector himself. And uh, we just walked the streets and enjoyed, you know, the scenery. I took him up to, um, to the rooftop of a couple different places downtown, um, to enjoy lunch and dinner. And so, yeah, so we, we went all over Lancaster City. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and you're right. I mean, the, the, the giving heart of Lancaster County is, is one of the things that makes this community really, really special. Um, yep. So awesome. Well, I hope that giving spirit continues. Uh, for you and Triber, um, you know, the, the donations come in, the, the ducks all get sold. <laughs> um, just mention the event again, uh, Sunday, the 11th, uh, between two and five, you have the event at the, uh, Lancaster Community Park and the, the duck drop at five o'clock, 5 p.m. Yes. Yeah. Lancaster County yep. Central Park Festival, two to five, duck drop at five o'clock. And then, of course, your website's on the screen, schreiberpediatric.org. Uh, definitely encourage, uh, people to learn more. Uh, about Schreiber and the good work that you're doing there and then give any way they can, whether that's financially or of their time um, that uh, you stressed a few times that the need for volunteers. So uh, I hope we have some, some people. We, I hope we can send some people your way. Yeah. I, thank you. Thanks for this opportunity. Yep. I, I really appreciate it very much. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for being on James. Uh, sorry for keeping you a little, little long there, but um, we appreciate you sharing everything that Schreiber does. Glad to do it. Thank you. Thanks again for, for putting me on so people can know more about Triber. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Have a good rest of the day after dinner. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yep. yep. See you. All right. Well, uh, we're, we're past the top of the hour. Look at, look at us. Um, I'm just going to wrap up the show, show now. Um, we'll do the prize later here. Um, uh, our fantastic podcast producer, Chris, uh, from cast ahead. Um, He's, he's fantastic. Uh, he's going to spend the prize later there. We got a bunch of comments, had, uh, some super fans and some new people, uh, commenting. There's Steve. Steve is a fan of the show. Um, he, his comment was that the rubber ducky festival is awesome. And, uh, and we share that sentiment. Um, so thank you, Steve. Uh, Steve, you've, you've, uh, uh, perhaps won before. Um, but that's okay. Uh, you can come in and grab one of, uh, these hydro flasks here. Um, with the less norm more cuddle uh, logo on it, um, stop by and say hello and, and pick up your prize. Um, that's it. That's it for today. Uh, like I said, next week's guest is the Pet Pantry of Lancaster. Um, some great guests that we will talk to there, uh, who help our four legged friends in the in the community. Uh, they're doing great work, uh, you know, with uh, with uh, dogs and cats and pets of all kinds. Um, so tune in for that Monday next Monday, the uh, twenty what is it twenty second at two o'clock. Uh, and again for uh, Jeff and myself and Gardeners Mattress some more and like this kind of podcast. Have a great rest of the afternoon. See you.